0: Welcome to Bevington Banter, the show where we can sound like we're arguing even when we all agree. I'm Cassidy, and together with my brother Cade and dad Randy, each week we discuss a selection of news stories, topics surrounding the culture, and matters of freedom and faith. Thanks for listening. Follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share it, and if you like what you hear, rate it five stars on Apple and Spotify. Okay, well, I have to talk about the most shocking, the most egregious, the most unbelievable story of the week and that is that Marvin Harrison Jr. did not win the Bulitnikoff.
1: Canada asked someone if they wanted to die because they didn't get a ramp put in front of their house, and this is the most shocking story <laughs> to you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your priorities are weird. I love Ohio State. I thought but was, that's no, weird... I was
0: trying to be funny.
2: <laughs> and
1: instead, I ended up being funny.
2: <laughs> the, I don't even recognize the name of the
1: Guy that won the award. No, I don't know who that is.
0: Tennessee. Some guy from Tennessee won. He, his and family
1: owns a chain of hotels.
0: Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Stats. I guess maybe, maybe his stats look better. I don't know. But anybody watching film I was going to say, go go find better film than Marvin Harrison. Any idiot, than, than any idiot Harrison. watching film would know that Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best receiver in college He's football.
1: a freak. Yeah. I'm honestly... When I when I see him and I think to myself, that is the son of Marvin Harrison, Hall of Famer, and still I think, who is his mom? Because <laughs> he is big. He's way bigger than Marvin Harrison. It, his, like, his,
0: his hands, went, sh- crazy strong hands, and just crazy athletic, body control, crazy. The way that he can get himself in bounds, it's, yeah. I mean, I
1: his... I know that his dad's a Hall of Fame wide receiver, but his mom must still be like some kind of Olympian, right? <laughs> because that can't just be from Marvin Harrison.
0: Yeah. that was. So
1: I I agree. He is good and I and I would have I would think it was hard to explain how anybody playing wide receiver in college football is better than him this year. Oh yeah. But well, still I, that's not the most shocking story. Yeah,
2: I don't no, want to spend been... time too You're much time correct. on on that kind of thing, but since Real quick on sports, but since it, what did the Padres give up to get Xander Bogart's? Like he's like arguably Nothing. the they, best player he was in a free baseball. Agent. Oh. He
0: was a free agent. Oh, okay. All and right. They they offered Humphrey huge deals Bogart's dead. to
1: <laughs> Is this they, his great. They offered great great huge grandson.
0: deals to um Trey Turner and to um like Aaron Judge and they got and they were turned down. And so they're just trying to. They were just trying to pay somebody a bunch of money. <laughs> I mean, Bogarts is really good, though. Yeah, I'm assuming that the Boston have, must they have, have something. Two somebody other... in
2: the wings that's pretty good.
0: Okay, but Padres, how many shortstops do you need?
2: Uh, I don't know.
0: This is like the third. Anyway, I don't know. They're going to be moving people around the infield, and Tatis might play the outfield. But on to the actual news. Well, I guess that is news.
1: We could talk about the real most shocking story. If you want to just I, quickly I, hit on on that,
0: which one in your opinion is that?
1: It's the one I talked about. Where they? Oh yeah. The okay, can, that was Canadian, crazy. Canadian, the can, Canada, yes. whatever they, because they have socialized health care and you have to reach out to them for everything. Well, this, uh, what was she? She was a she was an Olympian, right? She's like a, some uh, lifter. She
2: is a part of the Canadian Olympic team. Yeah, she's been yeah. an Olympian for Canada, and she's and she only like forty-ish in her. In her 40s, early, mid yeah, 40s. Yeah, she had like
1: some health issues where she needed a ramp. I believe she was a
0: veteran.
2: Yeah, she's also a veteran. All as well. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Um, but she, she had some health issues where she needed a ramp put in front of her house. And there's a delay in getting it, obviously, because, well, they're, they ration health and all other health care related things. And, yeah, they're terrible. And so when she had complained about how long it had been taking, they said, well, instead we could just kill you. That's what they said. Yeah, they offered to suicide her. Yeah, Yeah. they said, well, we could, you know, we could made you. Add
0: add that to the stories that we've brought about this in the past. It's crazy.
1: This one is just, though, I mean, this is.
0: Like, yeah, she's not even You can't get a ramp in front of your house, so how about instead
1: we kill you? And she was like, no, it's okay. I think I can take the stairs. I'll manage the stairs.
0: Wait, is it for outside of her house or for inside of her house?
1: I don't know. Yeah, you're Regardless. right. I think it's a chairlift inside. I, yeah, of what hypothesis. I saw was
2: a chairlift, like you have for yeah, okay. people, yeah. and you know, getting up and down steps. So, but
1: still, so there's another one. I mean, the list of this stuff in Canada is getting out of control. Well I mean to the point where I wish I was the president because I would, I would order. Well, I'd try to get Congress to do it, obviously, because I can't do it. Like a full scale invasion of Canada. Do you think that we would let Canadian refugees seeking to get away from the government who's killing people
2: give them sanctuary?
1: yeah,
0: those people actually need that's a real sanctuary
2: well i I tend to think of this in a because I just see it everywhere you look that every one of these globalist uh world economic forum great reset types are trying to reduce the world's population. So you just, wherever, you know, you're shocked at this Canadian Olympian, but it's not, it's not, it's they're looking for any opportunity that they can put some kind of a positive spin on it that they can have an excuse to just kill more people and reduce the population. (laughs) So this is one that they... That they're in, calling it, you know, compassionate, and so that's that's all that this is about. It's not about her what she's done or her insu- issue. We can put a positive spin on killing someone and reducing population. That's all that this is.
0: So Cole actually brought this up in uh, last week. What I don't know after one of their after clinicals, and they were zooming for their like wrap up, or some of it was they had like a simulation in the morning, and then a lot of it wasn't actually clinicals. It was like. They had to listen to presentations on Zoom all day. Then they were having discussion at the end, and a lot of it was about mental health. And so Cole, during the discussion time, actually brought this up with his fellow students, and I got to like listen to all the discussion. And he said, "Um, "I'm curious what your guys' opinions are or thoughts about this made like this new law, and that um, they're going to open it up to anyone who is dealing with a mental illness and all this stuff." And so it was interesting and then one student actually there was a couple that knew about it, a couple that didn't know about it and the teacher also was like you know trying to be political because she's trying to let them discuss but she definitely was like not about this <laughs> um because he's like this seems like it's the very the opposite of the very thing that we're trying to do when we care for these people in mental health and everything we've been learning this semester and so and one girl watched she said she her immediate response was how terrible it was. But then she saw that one of the videos that they put out of this girl who had PTSD um, and from some kind of bombing. And she basically like they tried everything. She tried all these different treatments and nothing was working. And this was the only way that she could get relief. And it made her think like a little bit differently about it. And that was terrifying. But then another person, they did start bringing up just life. And if we are, Like it's young people dealing with this stuff, and um, and they talked about population unprompted. These students, these young people, who probably don't, who definitely are left leaning overall, and um, but just brought up the idea that you know I'm afraid, like what if we are killing off like all these young people in our population? And I was like, hmm. Hmm."
2: Was that the was that the commercial where they have the young woman with all the um, soft music playing in the background? So I haven't
0: seen it, but it probably it's a pro euthanasia, basically yeah. for people dealing with. Yeah, they illness,
2: actually yeah. ran an ad, like yes, with this girl ending her life. That's um, the
1: sole yes. intent of the ad. Yeah, just a, that, that was my understanding. I heard euthanasia? it several times, yes. but yeah,
2: that's what I—that's the way I understood it. Um, any complaint
1: they, you have at all, any complaint you have a headache will kill you. Well, I mean, and I understand that.
2: You. I understand that she had not been able to get the relief that she had sought from this traumatic event, um, I guess via counseling. However, uh, the way that she was speaking in the commercial was not realistic either about death. It was, it was her fantasy about death, but it, it wasn't realistic. So this is a problem with, like you said, young people. Um, I would like to go more to the source. It's one of the things I, I may have put it in our, our show notes. If not, I had certainly thought about it. Um, oh yeah, I did. It was having to do with Pat Gray had made a comment about all the things that are going on that we see. The there was a study that came out recently that um, like forty five percent of young people had um, were, were like chronically depressed and anxiety, just to the point that it just it's just really negatively affecting their lives. Um, there was a one in five then had contemplated suicide and and like nine percent had actually attempted it and um reading all these things he's just like what you know what is going on we've got the drug plus we have the drug overdoses we have the you know sexual orientation stuff just like we're making young people crazy and that's why do they have such a bleak depressed you know suicidal od outlook on the world and look at what they're
1: fed this is who Who was that journalist this week that the thing came out that she said, "Oh, well, my child has." Nightmares, Nightmares about, about dying climate. from climate right. change. Well, why yeah, do you they, think that is? Because right, you they're, tell they're them they're going to die. Right, they're scaring from climate change. The young
2: people with climate change. They're scaring them with overpopulation. They're scaring them, you know, with uh, again with war, with COVID, with with um, you're you're no um, you're, you're an evil person just because of this color of your skin. If you're white, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, if you're black, you'll never ever be able to succeed. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, the the messaging that these people are pumping out, and they know they, they they say this is all in the name of equality and fairness and trying to get justice for it and it's they know what it's doing this is it's not about that this again they can put one label on it if they can get away with putting a label on it they're gonna they want to do the negative thing because they want this they want the all these people in distress they want them dependent upon them they want some of them taking their lives they want all of this it's you you can say what's going on. It's not hard to figure out. This is all about the messaging that's being pumped out continuously. Is why these young people are are doing all of these things. How, so, how, so let me ask you: this. How do you handle that if you're if you're a government leader that wants the best for people and wants to stop seeing young people uh, in these this under this mental duress from all of these messaging? How do you deal with that as an elected official?
0: Promote messages of their capability and their value and their worth and their ability to work hard and succeed.
2: So, as a politician, can you do that, or do you just do it as a part of a campaign, as your of your campaign, or can you actually? Be... Oh, you
0: mean, so hmm. actually I mean, you have to
2: go out and start raising money with people that say, "Yes, we want to get that message out and and develop like a pack or you know." Yeah, but you
1: also have to convince them that all of that hard work and they can do stuff matters, and that the world is not going to just burn up like a little charcoal briquette, right? So you have to push back against all of that first. So you have to push back against just that flat-out lies before you can even convince them it's worth it. Work hard, and
2: I know it seems like a huge task, but if we don't do it, what's gonna what's gonna then the other message wins.
0: I've actually been thinking about this the last couple of days and um wondering about my our approach to all of these things and in the in the political realm and like how we combat all the lies and the crazy things that are out there and I see like obviously I'm not I don't want everyone to just think I'm saying that um I'm against the people who are like coming out attacking or, you know, like fighting the other side because obviously I've done that. I've, you've heard me on here. But I was just wondering what it would be like if instead of going out and, like, for example, the way that Matt Walsh, like obviously I love Matt Walsh, but the way, and the way that he goes out actively um, fighting back at the messaging and, like, you know, tearing down the other side versus if instead of doing that, like when it comes to the gender things, like he his whole thing at Vanderbilt and all his rallies – if instead of doing that, we simply inputted messages of hope and told people, like, so instead of forcing the doctors to necessarily stop the surgeries and treatments, you went to the people, like the young people, and tried to just stop them from going to the doctors by, like I said, doing that, telling them they're that they're the way that they are made and the way that they're the person they're born as and the body that they're born in is beautiful and valuable and there's a they have purpose and they have um and man you have so much potential if you could see you the way i saw you if you could see you the way god saw you um and the things that you are capable of man it's awesome like what if if we only went with that
1: that's good for the really young um but if it's not somebody, I mean, if it's somebody who's already been in this system for a while, you're going to get, it's going to turn into exactly what you're trying to avoid because they'll immediately come back with the other side. It's a very good thing to do to sway someone who may be sitting in the middle, but let's be honest, that's basically no one anymore except for children. So I do think it's a good idea at a very young age, you know, if they are going to be introduced to, to what we see as the negative side let's at the same time introduce them to what's good not not in like you said not in a directly um opposition way to what we combative way yeah yeah yeah, not not but but that would simply but that would have to be done very early and will only be effective with people who are sitting in the middle and haven't decided yet i i don't think that's a lot of people because you're because it's going to turn into an argument because they're immediately going to come back with their side and then you're right into what yeah. you were avoiding in the first place but as a but like from a fresh start perspective you know show this to them at the time you're
0: just telling them you know positive and messages of hope and they start screaming at you and you just go i'm sorry <laughs> i don't know i don't you,
2: know well here's here's something if if they Start screaming at you when you're being positive to them. I mean, I'm not saying I don't I don't have all the, the answer to this specifically, but my thought would be one um, The victim mentality, which is what you're talking about um, Is very powerful. Right. Uh, it's very satis. It, it, it feeds something and that, on and our the, inside the
0: victim but, mentality is com- totally what has led to you know, the issue we started this with of the right mass but, amounts but, of but, the depression and the anxiety and the-
2: but my response is is then just be I, I i'm so sad for you i'm i'm so sorry yeah. that you feel this way yes. because that's feeds that victim mentality but you're yet oh. you're not confirming that they <laughs> can't do it you're saying i feel so bad for you that you don't see
0: that you're stuck in the, yeah that you don't see
2: the, and the then good, if they keep the good screaming the potentially in good, good in you. it is but yeah. you they do it in this very sympathetic and
1: they keep, way and yeah they keep being aggressive you just move on and yeah. don't don't yeah. cast pearls it's, before swine right. and look for somebody else who will accept what you're saying and that's search for that, that person who isn't going to scream at you right away That
2: was good. That is such a challenge in this world because I've always you know operate that way in ministry is like yeah, don't waste your time on the person that's not going to he- hear the message. And Jesus said the same thing. Unless you know? there's
0: a chance that there's people watching and listening, and right. they see the way that you're right. acting and the way they're acting, right. and they go, there is a clear difference here. Right.
1: And still, the, But the walk away at some point is... Right,
0: because they're going to see that too. And that's what yeah. Jesus
1: said, you know, shake the dust off your feet,
2: you know, if they don't, if they just don't accept go. you. But yeah. at the same time, what, I'm fi- what I found over the years, I mean, I've been in, in ministry for 32 years, is that if you're going to always operate by the method of don't cast your pearls before swine guess what
0: you won't be casting, you won't your, be pearls casting your pearls anywhere <laughs>
2: because there's there are more and more people that are just openly uh you know hostile to the idea of faith or religion or christianity and you're there are <laughs> there are more and more swine i guess um so it makes it difficult. It's a challenge. There's no doubt about it. But, but as far as the affirmation, this can start clear back to we have parents now that in my from my perspective, age wise, are very young people. They're not children, but they're they're still very young in in the process of maturing and learning about the world and life and all that. So they're still in this younger generation. I mean, the, I mean, Kate, I mean, you guys are millennials and you're you're 30. You're basically 30. I mean, you guys. And um. but you need to affirm your kids from the very beginning. That's, you know, be, be very upbeat and positive with them and affirm them and point out the things that, that they do well. I'm not saying you'd never uh, say, you know, that wasn't. Quite the way you should have done it, you could have done it better. You could have put in a better effort. But but here's the thing: you have the ability to put in the better effort and do better. It, but it needs to start right there when these kids come out of the womb. They need to be they need to be raised by loving parents. And this is where they want to destroy the family. Um, there's nobody. There's nobody in no way that you could ever replace that value of parents. Loving and affirming and giving a, a clear structure and guide, you know, boundaries in life that will make you successful
1: if you follow these, you know,
2: these ways of doing
1: things. And I guess the biggest thing for, I just feel like, you know, presenting this kind of message before people, you're going to get more rejection than you do acceptance, which is the reason why, or, or even, or even someone kind of toying with the idea of what you're saying. Is, which is why I think it's really important to know when to walk away and move on to the next. Yeah, it, because it, it's going to just be—I don't know where you start. It seems like a—it seems like an impossible task at this point with how
2: well here's the angry thing.
1: everyone is and how polarized everyone is, which is why you're going to find yourself walking away from people screaming at you more often than you're going to find someone who's willing to talk to you. I feel like.
2: Here's, here's a good thing, and I heard, um, I heard uh, Jesse Kelly talking to Megan Kelly about this, and I thought it's a really good point. We don't think about it often enough. Look at all of the school board wins that conservatives had in this last election cycle. If you can change the messaging in the schools, I can't think of anything that's going to reach more young people um, you know, in quantity than changing the public school system. So there's places that people, you know, can get involved because the school boards affect the messaging. They approve they approve basic guidelines of curriculum and textbooks and all of those kinds of things,
1: and they hire and fire people. I guess now that I think about it, if you are in an environment that—that's the other thing is— um, What we're talking about doing and speaking to people, the Internet is a terrible place to do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it really has to be in person. And I guess if you're somewhere where it's not already like a politically charged event or a politically charged environment, then maybe it won't be so bad. I mean, people aren't the Internet is where people scream at each other and will say basically anything that pops into their brain. But in person, I don't know. You might not get as much pushback as you think, as I rethink it. Speaking to someone, sitting down, speaking to yeah, someone you might people not, will not get. Speak- well, not people speak- will not is- respond also- to you
2: the same way in person as they do online. Oh, yeah. Which is
0: why we have to be in our communities, not just in our church bubble or family bubbles. Like, out in the world, too, and doing these things. Like, the way that I'm serving at the pregnancy center and... Um, our church is going to be partnering with, uh, foster the city for fostering children in our County. And, um, and that when you foster kids, you're not only showing the love of Jesus to those kids, but you also get to, um, interact with the biological families that need that too. And inviting them to like, if you want to see your kid an extra day, um, I'll be at church on Sunday. Right. Um, And these opportunities that we have to speak those messages of life. And obviously, like, so those are the areas where I'm at, but I can't do, you know, I can't be everywhere. So we each have, are being called to different things and different issues and different um, areas of our community and our culture.
2: Yeah. The thing that we forget sometimes when we we, uh, address people that are struggling and we say, you know, I see this trait in you and I see this, you would have this ability to accomplish these things. What they're hearing is, um, it's your fault. Hmm. That's what they're hearing. It's like, because you're saying you're, you're not doing it, but you're capable. That means it's, it's on you. So it makes them accountable. People don't, it's very easy to fall into uh, when, when you have all kinds of people around telling you, it's like, you're great, but the system is screwing you and you'll never be able to beat the system. And it gives you an excuse to set aside your own accountability. And then when somebody comes along and says, you can do it, then you hear this, well, you're accountable and you're failing because you're not doing it. It's, it's a, it's a challenge. There's no doubt about it. And it's very easy to have all when you got all these voices saying, it's not your fault, it's not your fault. And then when somebody comes along and says, man, you can accomplish so much. They don't want that kind of accountability. It's so much easier to just have everybody tell you it's not your fault. Yeah.
0: The Twitter Files Part 2 yeah blacklisting i want
2: to address the twitter files this is a right up right up front i this drives me crazy so they're releasing these twitter files about all the censoring that went on um and and even some it seems fbi involvement and certainly we know the biden campaign involvement saying we want these these you know twitter these tweets shut down or or diminished and so kjp has asked the other day what about the twitter files and she literally says, this is old news. Now my frustration and I put it with that is just because justice is called for and has not yet been served doesn't make it old news. A lot of crimes have statutes of limitations that go out 7, 10, 15, or never. you know they don't become old news because has not yet justice has not yet been served. And we have heard incessantly about J six, and J six is only January sixth. You know, is only two and a half months older than, or, or newer than the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop. So it's is, almost just mean, as old. But she doesn't consider that old news, and that, we, that certainly,
1: you know. Um, no, does she mean the actual event, like when yes. they actually did it, yes. is the old
2: news? Yes, that's old. That was old. The Hunter well, that Biden doesn't thing make sense because that's not news at all. October twenty twenty, she says, "Oh, that's old the news. The that's old news."
1: But no, she, the new the news is the release of the files. I think it's more. I think it's more along the whole. Um, uh, what's the what was the the theory of how Obama would just one scandal after another? Because if you do another scandal, then it just pushes the one out of the way. It's like that. Like when they haven't done enough scandals. Uh, instead of doing, instead of having a new scandal to push the old one out of the news cycle, they'll just tell you it's out of the news cycle. They're like, "Well, we haven't <laughs> done another scandal to replace this one yet, but I'm just going to let you know it's old news. You wait till you hear about the next scandal. That's a real doozy." Well, That's- what she said,
2: what she was <laughs> responding to, the fact that when the Twitter files began to be released, people said, "Look, here's evidence that they did suppress that." Hunter Biden laptop, and it should not have been. And she said, well, that's old news, because that was back in October of 2020. That election is over with, and that's old news. Well, justice unserved does not make something old news. Justice still needs to be served. It's called for. It needs to be meted
1: out. And just because it it hasn't yet doesn't make it old news. I agree with you. I just think the bottom line is, um, if flat out isn't old news, news it's only news when people know about it. You know, well, I mean, that, some people did point that out. It's like news. it's not old news. It's brand new news to a lot of people. It's brand new news. No, it's yeah. – yeah. I mean, that, that would be like us, um, you know, finding out that 100% LBJ had JFK murdered, and we know it for absolute <laughs> sure now, but because it happened back then, it's old news. No, that's new news. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I agree with what you're saying, but I think the basis of it is that it isn't old news. You're just a liar. Well, yeah, that, that's, I'm pointing that out. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying she believes it. I'm just
2: pointing it out—the yeah. ridiculousness of her statement. Yeah, it, it's we're, ridiculous. we're not we're, we we should never set aside some person or group of people deserve receiving the justice they deserve we should never set that aside so easily and so flippantly that's my point point. and for her to just flippantly say well that's old news well wait a minute there's a group of people here that deserve justice and it has never been it has not yet been served so just because that you know hasn't been served now, doesn't
1: mean it's old news now include the fbi's involvement um that was wiped because the lawyer for Twitter, at the time that these files were being handed over, um, what was his name? Jack something. Jim Baker. Something or, Jim, Baker. Jim Baker. Jim Baker. Well, he had been a lawyer for the FBI and now is the lawyer at Twitter. And he scrubbed basically the FBI's involvement from all of those documents, um, you know, between Twitter and then giving them over to um, whatever that journalist that was working on it. Matt Taibbi. Um, yeah. So scrubbed all the FBI's involvement. I'm pretty sure that there's not a statute of limitations on violations of the First Amendment. I don't know where there is written down in law that, well, it's been this long since you violated the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. So there is no old news and there's no statute of limitations.
0: So that's all the Twitter files part one. Matt Taibbi did the Hunter Biden stuff, but then Barry Weiss last night released another, a new uh, thread that we'll link. And that one basically revealed all of the blacklisting that we knew was happening, but they denied it over and over again. But now there's like the clear evidence and you can see... The shots of people's accounts, like Charlie Kirk's account, how he was uh, trend blacklisted, so his tweets wouldn't trend. Or Diane Bongino says, search blacklisted, so you couldn't search him by name. He wouldn't show up in Twitter searches. You had to like, put also, in
1: his exact act yeah. to even find him. If you searched Bongino, he wouldn't show up.
0: There's also admissions of, so libs of TikTok, um, and like the reasoning they were trying to use to, the reasoning they were giving for um, like banning her or restricting her account repeatedly and then it says after seven times of being restricted, one of the tweets, there's, she'd already been, uh, they already been, you know, taken down seven times. But then there's um, communication that acknowledges that, it the reason that they gave for taking her down, it doesn't actually fall under their policies, and so they're gonna need to like make a new policy and get it, get it uh, approved like ASAP. Crazy.
2: Well, here's the thing that strikes me about about the libs of TikTok, it is. V- virtually impossible for that account to violate one of their standards. Yeah, they're literally because she reposting. does not comment anything. All she does is post the TikTok video that the person who's in the video wanted made and wanted disseminated. So
1: Only within their bubble, though. They didn't want it to go viral. The
2: the TikTok thing is interesting. Uh,
1: like all these
0: people that post on the internet want to go yeah, viral. They want as
2: many people to see it as possible. The, the, the one thing is it's interesting about the TikTok. Back to our opening conversation is that TikTok in China they do not do with it what we do with it. They only allow it to be used like they show like young people they succeeding, only show their kids educational, yeah, succeeding, educational, yes, succeeding tremendously. The, these great uh, educational like accomplishments, fair just what we were saying. Which is why, you can do it. You look how talented you are. Look how smart you are. Look how creative yeah. and gifted you are. And we're using it to destroy society. And the result,
0: the result is if you ask young people. What they want to aspire to be when they grow up or career they're interested in. In China, they say astronaut, engineer. In America, they all say social media influencer. There you go.
2: I don't know whether to laugh or cry.
0: So, Time Magazine announced their person of the year. Wait for it. Wait for it.
1: I don't have
2: to.
0: Vladimir Zelensky.
1: Okay, here's my issue. I didn't know Time Magazine even still published. Here, here's my issue with it being Zelensky. Um, it's supposed to be the most influential person. So even if we are going to reference the war in Ukraine as you know the most influential event in the world... The person who influenced that that event you, is, is Vladimir true. Putin. It <laughs> should be correct. Putin. If we are going to pick somebody involving this situation at all, it should be Putin. And the the and the second person I would say right now would be Elon Musk. Oh
0: yeah, he's
1: but certainly not done Zelensky. Yeah, he's reacting to all of this. He's not the actor. He didn't influence this. He's just he is to literally an actor. No, but
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, but look, he has managed to separate him. He has managed to separate the American people for more money more quickly than anybody ever yeah, in the history of the world. So there's an accomplishment.
1: Okay, no, I mean, no, I'm just saying, that's, I mean, SBF so is, a, is, a, is a rookie compared to him. Yes, but I, still I mean, think the money, it should be the, Putin. The, I yeah. mean, there, it, it's not some great honor. Hitler was Person of the Year. Stalin, Stalin twice. Was
0: that Person of the Year twice. Also, every American was Person of the Year one year, so you can claim that on your...
2: On your resume. Um, on
0: your resume.
2: Person <laughs> of the Year 2006. If you were alive
0: in 2006. Which, if you're listening to this, I'm guessing that you were.
1: <laughs> I'd be shocked.
0: Wait, I don't know. When... I actually think we have one listener that was not... We knocked. have a listener? Yeah. <laughs> that in is. Reno, Nevada, who was not born in 2006.
1: Wow. Whoa.
2: Think how smart that person is getting, how educated they are (laughs) to the ways of the world.
1: (laughs) Uh, Or molding their young skull full of mush.
2: Yeah.
0: In other world news, um, we Brittany Greiner has been returned to the United States in a prisoner exchange. For
1: the Merchant of Death.
2: You might need need to tell some people who Brittany Griner is.
1: The most iconic WNBA trade of all time. The media has (laughs) never covered a WNBA trade like they've covered. Brittany
0: Griner is the black lesbian WNBA player that went to Russia in the offseason to play like she normally does. But she got caught with uh, CBD oil, some kind of... CBD product, which is illegal there.
1: No, it wasn't and just CBD. It was the THC. Exact. It was the actual hashish oil. Yes.
0: Okay, yes. T- THC oil, which is illegal, uh, and was arrested, put on trial, sentenced to nine years in prison, and moved to a Russian labor camp. And uh, they traded her for the merchant of death, who was convicted to 25 years in American prison, And left over there other Americans, including a Marine veteran, Paul Whelan, who was falsely accused of espionage. So, I mean, yeah, I do think what happened to Brittany Greiner was, like, a little ridiculous. But in comparison, she did break a law in Russia. Paul Whelan didn't.
2: Well, they say he did. So...
0: Yeah.
1: If... Okay, if she had if they could show that what she did violated Russian law, show other cases similar to it in Russia and if have had sentenced her to something yeah. reasonable, reasonable given that crime. Yeah. And and it and it turned and it turned out to be like, you know, 6 months in Russian jail or maybe even up to a year if it is on par with what they've sentenced people I yeah. you know what? Shouldn't have done that. Yeah, um, you're there. But the, the but the nine, the nine years year, it was obviously camp, political, but uh, su- super political. And at that point, right. you say, "Ah, no, you're just going to give him back. What you don't do is trade one of the most dangerous arms dealers the world has ever known.
0: When he was sentenced in 2012, Pre Bharara, who was the attorney, he's done a lot of international uh, and terrorism cases and all these things. There's a quote in the story from 2012 that called him the international arms trafficking enemy number one for years. This is the guy that we
1: just gave back. And even before that, um, I have a clip from 60 Minutes in 2010 of a DEA agent just explaining who this guy is.
0: Victor Boot, uh,
2: in, in my eyes, um, is one of the most dangerous men on the
1: face of the earth. On the face of the earth? Without a doubt. Mike Braun, the former chief of operations for the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, told us Boot first exploded on the scene in war-torn West Africa in the late 1980s. Elevating bloody conflicts from machetes and single-shot rifles to... AK-47s, not by the thousands, but by the tens of thousands. So he weaponizes civil war in Africa.
0: He transformed these young adolescent warriors into uh, insidious, mindless, maniacally driven killing machines that operated with assembly line efficiency.
1: And I think the biggest thing is he was finally sentenced for trying to kill U.S. citizens. For targeting U.S. citizens,
2: I heard John Bolton uh, today when he was a part of the Trump White House say that th- this discussion came up um, of a prisoner swap for what what's this guy's name? What boot? Whalen. No, no the Victor Boot. Victor oh, boot. Victor Boot. And they just decided. Y- I don't. I don't care. It, there's. We can't trade this guy back. We can't do a prisoner yeah, swap with this guy time, for anybody. A, a- he is too bad of a guy. Where there's just no way we can do it. So this is John Bolton, and he's no—he's not a Trump fan. So you know, he said we we wouldn't do it because he he's just too bad of a guy. So now what I find amazing is we're sending billions of dollars to Ukraine to fight Russia, and we're going to send send the world's number one arms dealer back to Russia. To what fight Ukraine that we're sending billions of dollars to? When you put it like that, this is what we this is what we refer to in in the Navy as having cranial rectitis.
1: Okay, I mean, how is that different than us funding the Pakistani yeah, ISI? I know. I know,
2: it's all then, it's, what it's all we do. Yeah, it's gave money to
1: the Taliban to fight against our. So we were funding both sides of a war because it's profitable. So let's put them back in there. Hey, you know. Our, our the whole crypto scam got busted so now now we got to let Victor boot go so that we can maybe get so we can maybe get some more cash flow into this war okay so that leads me to this statement I
2: I want to ask this question think about it the national divorce that you hear people talk about you know the red states the blue states just do you know how much more? prosperous you personally would be if we had a national divorce it's a lot because
0: we'd be in the red states
2: yes <laughs> you would not yes. be sending hundreds of oh, billions yeah. of dollars uh to ukraine you would not be bailing out the big companies and banks that screw you over and do ftx and all this and then fail you would not be sending you know money all around the world fighting A war against ourselves so that we can prop up uh the defense contractors. You know, we wouldn't be shutting down and crippling business. We wouldn't have your so much of your taxes just confiscated more and more and more. You wouldn't have an inflate inflation rate, you know, at core inflation rate of 15-17 percent. Which affects the interest rate that you're paying on borrowing money on and on and on and on. You would have so much more prosperity, your mind can't even get around it. It's,
1: <laughs> yeah, it would be nice. It's also not possible. I, I don't the only know route, how to buy that. The only route to, ne- to national divorce is a civil war. And then after that, that's only during fighting because then after that, it'll all be consolidated back under whoever won.
2: Well, and who gets know. the military? Why do you say that? Why do you say that's the only re- way to have a national divorce?
1: Because they won't let you
2: leave. K, do you know there's only a few people in the blue states that understand? Yeah, this is all smoke and mirrors, and we're and we're yeah, we're blowing that smoke, and yeah, we really can't afford it. But the rank and file people in the blue states are like, yeah, yeah, it'd be better without all you red people. They totally would go for it.
1: Okay. Those aren't the people who make that decision, though. Well, they are if if we live in this great
2: democracy. You get
0: that ball rolling.
2: They are if we live in this great democracy. If they put it to a vote, there are plenty of stupid people out there that think that they would be great to be separated from all of us red people.
1: Haven't we already decided that things pretty much only go the way the people at the top want them to go? So even if the blue dummy, you know, if that person wants what is in opposition to the mainstream government then they're not going to get yeah, their I know way what for you're once. Saying. because it's whatever, it's whatever is whatever the people at the top want
2: gavin newsom is one of those people that knows that he he's he's total you know what he's promoting is total bs he knows it's nonsense he knows that he could not survive without the entirety of the united states including yeah, the red no states way. however he would control the election like they did in arizona And get the outcome that they want. That's what you're saying.
0: So we know that states have and counties, areas have previously put on their state ballots these issues of leaving. Like there's counties in Northern California and Oregon that wanted to go and like be part of Idaho or be their own state. And, you know, at a state level, whatever. But how do you get that on? Because even if Texas, you know, say Texas put it on there and. They were like, "We're going to leave the union," and they voted for it. But then, the federal well, government was like, "No." How do you actually? Because not everyone in the, in the the rest of the country agreed to
2: it. How do you get that on a federal ballot? I I guess I'm making this statement, not saying that. I mean, it'd be great if somebody could figure out a way to do it. I'm not saying it so much as to make it happen. I'm saying, I'm saying it. So a thought experiment. Think, exactly. Think about it. Think about this when you elect people to office. Think about this when you vote on different causes and you know ballot issues and on think about that in in this regard. If we could tamp that kind of stuff down, where we don't bail out every big corporation and bank that fails and we don't support all of this, you know, sending money all over the world or by um, supporting defense contractors in wars against ourselves and on and on and on. Think about that when you vote for people and vote for issues. We—it It is stunning, it, the, the trillions of dollars that we take out of our pockets and send to god knows what that we are still the most prosperous nation on on earth do you know how prosperous we have to be to do that
1: yeah i just don't think though that it matters i mean the whole thing with the national divorce though it just it wouldn't happen because again like i said who gets the military? Oh, okay, and five years did I, ago, did I just five say, years though. ago, I would have said that they i I'm not would... saying
2: that—I just said—I'm not saying that I think it's ever going to happen. I'm saying think about it, you as an individual, when you go and you vote for people or you get involved or, you know, vote on an issue yeah, or whatever. And, and yeah, need...
1: and I, I don't think that there's anybody who isn't thinking about that. I mean, we all know that—I mean, it's, it's pretty common knowledge that California is a net negative state, even though they make— a ridiculous amount of money. They are standalone, like the fifth largest economy in the world. Yet they still run net negative, and they're bailed out by the red states all the time. And then there's states who are sending a surplus. Who, you know, the the in Indiana, one time when Mike Pence was governor, um, they literally put something in place where the federal government said if you if you keep that in place, you won't get any more federal dollars. And Mike Pence said, well, you won't get any more Indiana dollars. And we give you more money than you give us. That is not the case for New York and California and, you know, all those states that are run by by Democrats. OK, but I disagree so with you. I think people when have it, no.
2: When it, when it comes to the population of those states, they do not think like that. They do not think about.
0: Yeah. Anyone listening to this, though, does.
2: Well, so I just okay, that, then I'm going to you know, put in my plug. All of you people, the people who are listening, you really, we really, really, really need you to like and share this show.
1: At the very least, say what we're saying to people who don't believe it. I think about what would they know that the red states are the are the moneymakers. And that's the reason why they would never let you go. They won't let you go because they want to exploit that and. Um, and, and even though all the little peons who you are maybe able to convince in blue states that the blue states would be better off without the red states, the people who are really making the decisions, they know that's not true. And that's the reason they'd never let you go. And that's the reason why a national divorce only leads to fighting, because they won't let you leave. And again, five years ago, I would have said the military breaks for us, you know, patriots, conservatives. That's not the case anymore. And that could not be more clear than this insane story about this mother in New Jersey who was approached because of something that she posted. Uh, You've read more about this than I have, but about something that she posted uh, about pansexuality, and the Army contacted her.
2: Yeah, it may have have been an Air Force guy. I'm not sure. But yeah, it it was a mom. um, Didn't I write this? Isn't this all... Here well uh,
1: regardless a lieutenant colonel yeah, she it hurts her
2: her her, her uh, elementary school um, daughter this woman is el- the daughters in elementary school and this is in New Jersey a mom named Angela Redding um, said hey you know I don't really think that my elementary school daughter is ready to learn about pansexuality and so group, she put right? on a Facebook yeah, yeah. post. And an, uh, actually, I guess it is an army officer, Lieutenant Colonel Colonel Christopher Schilling from Joint Base MDL, <laughs> which is in that New Jersey area. His name
1: is appropriate. Schilling. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, um, contacted her and said or, said or posted that she was an extremist and that the leadership at the base and security forces, you know, have been watching her situation and that they're in contact with law enforcement and everything discussing it. It's We're it, that,
1: monitoring the situation. Is something? It, it's insane to hear from a member of the United States military, the Department of Defense. It's illegal, first off. Yeah, it's illegal. I mean, there's a specific eight. I think it's
2: 1874 or something like that. What? How do you pronounce it? Posse Posse Comitatus. Posse. Yeah, yeah. that says the military cannot involve itself in law enforcement.
1: And I like when they were asked about it and they made the statement that, oh, well, it's very common for law enforcement agencies to communicate with each other. Yeah, we know, but you are not law enforcement. Oh, that ain't you. Yeah, I, that's not what you do.
2: This kind of thing fires me up to her. If I'd have been if that had been done to me, I would have immediately gone to a lawyer and started. You just go proactive on them. You just go proactive on them and say, um, "But instead, I'm, I'm, this a in court order to cease and desist on you cannot do this, you cannot contact me, you cannot, you know,
1: it's just it's not legal." And instead, this woman rightfully is terrified that the military is reaching out to her about this. I mean, I could see where she'd be scared. She her friends were asking her, "Are you are you really going to pull it down?" And she goes, "Well, yeah, I don't want you know DHS coming to my house about a Facebook post," and the fact that we even have to think that. And that the military, the military wants to act in a law enforcement or at least intelligence for law enforcement. We're, we're Venezuela. We're some. We're a banana republic now. If the military is going to be enforcing laws on civilians, not even laws. This this is insane. I, I, real quick for our listeners, you need
2: to do this, and I I will say this to you. Got Caden Cassidy too. You need to get a, a, a have prepared or prepare yourself um and leave the leave the appropriate places blank a um habeas corpus and have it with you all the time because whenever a law enforcement comes against you threatens you shows up at your house if they are if they're there because you prayed at a you know planned parenthood or something and they want to do any kind of legal action against you you give them this habeas corpus and they immediately have to stop whatever they're doing it you're a habeas corpus is means basically show me the body. Um you're saying you you I am giving legal notice you must show me what you're basing this action against me on.
1: And then when they say it was a post on Facebook, they won't even say that. But that's not illegal. That that's that's yeah it exactly, has to hold it exactly.
2: has to hold legal water.
1: Which is why they'll which is why they'll stop.
2: Right. They'll stop. We hope. They, they they will. I mean Almost assuredly, they will, because um, so many of these things that we've seen lately would never have proceeded if they'd have been presented a habeas corpus, because they de- they cannot show legal legitimate legal grounds for doing what they're doing, um, and it's just unless a weapon they're friends that you need with the judge, um, if that makes me think about this three hundred three creative that's at the Supreme Court, um, where she has to you have to make a website for. I forget. Was it? A, was it?
0: It's a wedding. A it's a wedding. gay wedding. This goes
2: same thing with the master yes. key piece bake shop and all that. But this case is there now. But this all brings me to going back to the Civil Rights Act um, when they started trying to legislate uh, private conduct in our society is really what the Civil Act, you know, Civil Rights Act was doing, and I, you kind of get it. Uh, at the time that we needed to make some advancements in um, race, you know the way we handled race and things like that but it really is problematic and it it was never intended our government was never intended intended to do that our, founders specifically designed the constitution so that we didn't do those types of things that's why they start out in the very beginning of the first the first amendment of the constitution congress shall make no laws and of course it's regarding what the the uh um establishment of religion the prohibiting the the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech um if we would take that very first statement, Congress shall make no laws, so many of the problems that we have right now would just go away. This case would never be in front of the Supreme Court, Masterpiece Bake Shop would never be in front of the Supreme Court, none of that stuff would have ever happened. I say all that to say this, understand, and again, it goes back to the whole idea of we'd be so much more prosperous if, You just need to simply understand that when our founders wanted to keep the government away from as much as they possibly can, the government only ever screws things up. And the and our founders understood this. They wanted to keep them away from as much as they possibly could. Do not let the government be involved in these areas of your life and your society. Therefore, Congress shall make no laws. And look where we are today because we let them.
1: Can you imagine how many Republicans today would still think that Kanye West was some kind of MAGA hero if they didn't let him speak? Most recently, all they've done is, I mean, you should let these people shoot themselves, basically, with, with what they're saying. If they're because a bigot, let them prove they're a bigot. Exactly. And if you were to limit what he was saying, there'd be some like mysterious aspect to it. And like, oh, you know, he, he would just be a hero to them. But instead, he has lost everyone in a matter of, it took like three days for him to just lose everyone because they let him speak because he's and everybody learned that he's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and let's move on. Right. This, this really got me clear back in the, I remember,
2: I can remember being at, in the Navy at NOCF um, and having this discussion when they were coming out, beginning to a lot of smoking bans. You can't smoke, you know, on an airplane. And I I remember back in the day when you could smoke on a commercial airliner. Um, you can't smoke on an airplane. can't smoke in this restaurant and on and on and on. And And I used to think, if I'm a private owner of a business and I want to have smoking in my business, why can't I? The people that don't want to come there won't come there, and if enough of them don't come to my restaurant, then I go out of business. That's the beauty of the free market, and that's exactly what the founders wanted. Therefore, Congress shouldn't be making laws on this. It all sorts itself out. Just leave it alone. It's the same thing with the economy. Our our, our treasury and Fed—they're always trying to uh, manipulate the economy. If you, we have all. Our economy looks like a sine wave. You know, you have peaks and you have troughs. Um, if you, the the peaks and a troughs sometimes are longer because they're always tinkering with it. But when they do go into a trough, they're much more severe and they're much more long longer if you just leave them alone you'd have peaks and troughs but they'd be shorter duration and they wouldn't be as severe because the market would do a better job at self-correcting
1: i just hope that this court case is once and for all don't make it so narrow nail in the coffin for frivolous lawsuits against religious rights i want this to be a resounding this isn't allowed because this can't, it can't keep happening with all these different businesses. Um, and if you if you go too easy on them, you're going to get another frivolous lawsuit, and it's going to go climb all the way up, and it's going to ruin some business's life. It's going to ruin somebody's life. This needs to be the final. You can't do this.
2: Yeah, they always make the the like the ruling of the Masterpiece Bake Shop um, was just real ultra narrow, so that they could turn right around and and sue the guy all over again.
1: Yeah, we need wide sweeping.
2: Yeah. Such as, Congress shall make no laws.
1: (laughs) Oh, like the Constitution.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, there's a part of me that would love to walk into a court and say, look, I don't have to defend myself. This right here says, shall not be abridged. This right here, I mean, end of discussion. We don't need to be here. Uh, You know, I mean, I I don't get that kind of... I don't understand. that. I don't need a lawyer to point out that the Constitution says shall not be a bridge, shall not, you know, will not make laws. I mean, I, I don't.
1: Yep. We want wide, sweeping, simple end of it.
0: Can you give me something to laugh about to take me? Yeah, <laughs>
1: we can talk about Joe Biden going to Arizona to see um, Taiwanese <laughs> semiconductor factory. He's. He is trying to speak about, um, well, I'll let you listen. <laughs> Investment.
2: We'll construct a second fab here in Phoenix to build chips, three nano chips. The three nano chip. Chips that are three nano. And You know what I'm saying. <laughs> nano no, no no. I don't know.
1: That's his Morgan got, Mindy. Okay. What, 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 is, what is the fab? Three fab. What is okay. three
0: nano? Fab? Uh, Fa- he like means fabrication. factory. Fabrication. He
1: probably means factory. Yeah.
0: I think he means fabrication. Maybe. maybe.
1: Okay. They call him fab. Like okay. prefab, prefabrication.
0: prefabrication but it's as far as the thing. chip,
1: first of all, three nano chip, three it's three nanometer, nanometer. transistors. In, it, so it's a chip composed of three nanometer transistors. So, Which, by the way, if he only knew how fascinating that actually was, everybody look up like size of transistors because... Just a few years ago, China was making 14 nanometer transistors. And the less transistors, the more you can break those up. And it's far more powerful and it's far more multitasking. Taiwan at the time was making seven nanometers. So for them to be down to three nanometer nanometer transistors already is crazy because it's only been like three years. A
0: nanometer is insane.
1: So it is actually fascinating. Biden doesn't know that. He doesn't know he thinks I, I don't know what he thinks. He, he, he think just, anything. He's trying. He to get literally to the just couldn't read the so teleprompter, so that he can get to Baskin Robbins because they promised you him know, some chocolate, like, chocolate chip. Big numbers have always been a problem for him. I didn't think three would be too hard, <laughs> but it is.
0: No, no, it's hard because the nano because it's ten times or it's times ten to the ninth. So it's still bi- it's big. nano the chips,
1: of chips that are three nanos.
2: <laughs> I don't. Nano,
0: no,
1: it when no, there's no separation between <laughs> his like words. From, isn't it's, that from like Mork and Mindy? Oh, I nanu, know. nanu. That's yeah, what yeah, he should have oh, ended with. That's what with. I said. It's his said, oh, Mork and oh, yeah. Mindy reference. Nanu, is, nanu, is that what he's going Robin for? Robin Williams. Oh, okay. Yeah, um,
2: he, but he, he sometimes talks like Cameron does when there's there's no separation
1: between, <laughs> between the words. It just all swears yeah, together. She says two year old when yeah. she hands you something. She says here you go, but she says it as one word. Here you go.
2: Yeah. It, well, that's yeah. what she says. Here you my, go. F- my favorite now is the uh <laughs> her SpongeBob square pants. It's Bob Pants. Bob pants. Bob pants. She loves Bob pants. Yeah.
0: Okay, she has like the you know, we nickname people a lot, but normally you give them the nickname that's like the first part of it. I can't her name, get
2: her to say sponge. But she just got both both. Yeah, I can't last get parts. her I kept trying to get her to say the sponge. Just say say sponge. And she wouldn't she wouldn't say sponge. Does she go? Yeah, Bob. She no, she just shakes her head. No. She's very <laughs> she'll tell you no all the time. Who is that? Bob Pence. What's his name, Kim? Bob Pence. Bob
0: Pence.